this new fellow stags pour over but so like it you can adjust the temperature and when you put it back on it'll like make sure that the water is heated to that temperature that you set it at it's really yes. cool. wow nice i mean like They're- i you know like i had like the normal one and then we were just like oh i feel like it's like, we just got to step up the game. You know, we're drinking this great coffee. And, and the temp needs to be right. Exactly. And the temp is not actually boiling. It's just below boiling right. Right, most of the time. Yeah, and it it's a whole different game when you have it. It's like, whoa. What's like, where are you? On the porch of somewhere? Like. No, this is part of the place I'm staying. It's uh, So that that's the old uh, outside wall. Oh. And that's that's Lake Michigan stone right there. Right. Um, so then they, did, they just needed extra space, so they built out a realm. Oh, uh, dude, I'm, I'm yeah, tripping. I found some morels. You did? It is that not, same. Not many, but I did. Yeah. We, you know, Amy was able to taste them, which was cool. Awesome. We're still trying to figure out whether she had had them before or not. Never quite got down to the bottom of that. Yeah. I'm sure she grew up where in uh, in Wisconsin. I'm sure she, she ran across them. I don't think her family were foragers. <laughs> Even in Detroit, we've got some on Belle Isle. Heck yeah. Right? Yeah, there's fungus among us, that's for sure. <laughs> Damn, I'm not gonna lie, like I didn't look at your the wall or the background for too long, so I, I just thought it was like a mattress, like standing up against the wall, until like you said, you were like, oh, those are rocks. So, thanks for that. Those are rocks. Real rocks. Oh, that's cool. It's like rainforest okay. type shit. Yeah, I don't know where Pedro is, so. Um, OC, what's like the story behind this podcast? This is a story. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, I it's for me, it's just an excuse to like, you know, just trap people for two hours and have a meaningful conversation. Um, it's it's uh not um music based or anything it's there's like no category um i just like i'm always curious about shit and i'm just like okay well who would know about that and uh yeah so that's basically it yeah and it's been blowing up and everyone wants to be on it seriously <laughs> and oh she's got synergy in los angeles with this thing crazy yeah man it's weird it's weird like i was telling you dan you know earlier it's um uh 
I don't like like uh, I don't know. I guess you have to be like a certain person to like be invited to a seminar or like to give a speech somewhere. But you don't have to be anyone to be on a podcast. Um, so it's kind of great, you know. Um, no, no, it's, it's someone. You, there's always something you can learn from from somebody. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's cool. Awesome. Matt, OC did this. Um Something when I know, Facebook was much younger. Was it, it was called the Felons of Peabody? What was it called? <laughs> yeah, it was uh, the um, the people in debt because of music degrees. No, <laughs> it was called Humans of Peabody. Yeah, um, that was fun. Yeah, that was fun. So? Yeah, and you 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 interviewed people, right? And you you wrote their interviews on. It, it was it was written, correct? Yeah, yeah, it was it was written. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, and that, that's, that was cool, but like, it was like, uh, I would record it and then go back and like, it was the, the, the disadvantage behind that is like, you're trying to find like the juiciest moment of like a 30 minute discussion. And, um, they still ended up like too long when you just like talked about the one of like the 20 things. And, uh, yeah, but it was fun though. It was a lot of fun. I got to like meet all the like faculty and, 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 and people like because of it. And, um, yeah, you know, everybody, everybody wants to, uh, to, to share their story if given the chance. So that was, that was really fun. Sick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So what's, uh, what's the trajectory with this using like, um, and what's your plan? Like, what are your goals for, for hmm. this podcast? Uh, I would say, um, like, I think uh, so, so, so far in the past month, I've probably spoken to 275 people that I did not know before. Hmm. And um, I would say, like, that is the goal in that, like, I, I don't know, I've kind of, like, I've kind of like changed my entire like network in like a month. And, and I, when, I use, when I use that word network, I just mean it like that, like not like in terms of like work or anything. Like it's just, um, just talking to people that like I would have just never uh, met. And um, yeah, it's cool. It's cool because like, I don't think, I don't think like, I don't think I'll ever get tired of having, like just trying to have like a real conversation like I'm that guy like in the back smoking a joint. And like, if you come to that point of like that part of the party, I'll be like, yo man, like you ever think about like how there's just like so many stars. Like I've, I've just, I don't know. I've just always been that dude. So I just like needed an outlet to just like, you know, just say some real shit. So um, whether it's like dumb or not, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see where it goes in terms of like business wise. I'm trying my best to not think about it. Cause I feel like it'll affect like the content um, if I do. So uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, but I wanted to have uh, you guys on just cause um, I mean, you know, we'll talk about like our lives and like careers and stuff like that. But um, obviously the three of y'all have like worked together. Hey Pete. Yeah. What up? Hey, man. Um, but yeah, I was just saying, like, I wanted to have the three of you guys on because um, obviously y'all work together um, a lot with Collective Conservatory. But, you know, uh, Natalie, are you in Detroit? 
Okay. Well, where are you at now? I'm in Chicago right now. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. so, and Pete, I'm guessing Chicago too. Yeah, I'm in Chicago. Okay. And Dan, you don't really have a base right now, right? Baseless. Yeah. Faceless and baseless. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty, you know, really global dude, I guess. But um, yeah, yeah, we'll get into it, man. Because I, I think I just have some questions about like you guys in general, but also just like education. Um, I think y'all have like more of an insight than I do uh, on a lot of stuff. So, um, but yeah, I mean, fuck, before we do all that, I guess everybody's here, everybody's settled, you know? So, um, yo, who wants to go first? Just go ahead and introduce yourself and then we'll like get into all of it. All right, I'll go first. My name is Pete Tastian. What's up, podcast world <laughs> out there? Yeah, great. Sweet. Come on, Dan. Don't okay. be shy. Or Natalie. <laughs> What's going on? Uh, I'm Natalie Frakes, violinist, uh, educator, and um, yeah, and I've been practicing mindfulness, but hey, everybody. Thank you, OC, for having us here. This is, this is very dope. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. My name is Dan Trahey. Um, I've known OC for a long time, and I'm very proud to be here. Um, and can't wait to get into a good discussion. Hey, man. Um, yeah, people listening, uh, how do I know these people? Um, so, yeah, Dan, um, I don't know. I don't even, I, I don't even have many thoughts, like, or, like, memories, I guess, like, of life before we, we, you know, I guess did our thing. So I've known you for a very long time, uh, Pete and Natalie, um, in that order too. Uh, Natalie, have you ever seen the TV show Parks and Rec? You know how, um, what's the, what are those guys like the, the, uh, what's his face? He like comes in, they, the two characters, they come in like later and you know how, like, like how like humans were just skeptical of like new faces at first, and then you realize like, whoa, they made the show like a lot better. You're you're like those guys in in my head, and that like Pete and Dan were like original cast members of Parks and Rec, and then you were the uh, Directv dude. But he's like more significant than that though. So, um, and so are you, and so are you. But yeah, I just yeah, that that's kind of like how like you you are in my head. You're like a season six of this whole thing and um so yeah that's how i know these three they're all amazing musicians amazing educators i've learned quite a lot uh just from either like directly or watching you guys and uh yeah i think i just wanted to like check in like just see what you guys are doing both just personally professionally um i've had a ton of episodes where i've just been like checking in with people that um you know, it's just like, I just want to know what's going on. But um, I haven't really, I haven't really, Dan, I haven't really checked in uh, with you in terms of just kind of asking how like collective conservatory and all that's been. But uh, like, what are you, what are you mainly doing these days? Well, um, working with students online yeah. um, and interacting with students in the, in the new reality, which is, or which was, uh, you know, COVID, um, and that was a tremendous journey and um, extremely stressful for me, at least, because um, 
I try to take things seriously. So it just was really hard to make that transition and, um, you know, learning new things all the time. So I would say I had a, I probably was white knuckling from about March till, oh, I don't know. What, what month is it now? Nar May, May. Yeah, how about how about March to March? I did about a year of uh, white knuckling, and now I feel like I'm trying to recover from that. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm doing. Okay, I got you. Um, yeah, man. And then you guys, I would say. Uh, uh, Sorry, OC. I don't mean to interrupt. Yeah, yeah, I mean, go ahead. Do you know what white knuckling means? Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm like assuming like you worked hard or something. I, I was like going. You got it, but do you know where the reference comes from? Oh, do I, do I want to know? Actually, go ahead. Yes, go ahead. Yes. Yeah, so like you're on a motorcycle. Actually, Peter, Natalie, do you guys know? Do you have a, like some sort of grip that you know that this comes from? No Isn't idea. It from baseball? Oh. I thought it was from baseball or something. Or like, yeah, that's what I always thought it was from. Don't, don't white, white knuckle the bat and like grip it too hard. That's. But my coach said that sometimes, but oh. I think I, I visualize like the steering wheel and um, yeah, like potential like traffic jam where you're like the knuckles are still white, like you're controlling a car that's going at like 100 miles an hour, but you're just like at a standstill. Mm. OK, OK. And my, my oh, see, I think the original thing is actually uh, how you grip a burrito. And like, if you white knuckle that burrito, the thing just squirts apart, right? Yeah, yeah. So like, you know, you got to be real tender with it. Yeah, yeah. That's a good good analogy for for something. Like, I know it. It's a good analogy for something. I can't think of what that thing is, but like, yeah. If you squeeze too hard, stuff is gonna pop out. It kind of makes sense for everything. So, um, yeah, man. Uh, so Dan, you're you just you've been doing your thing, your usual thing. I just I guess just online, and um, I mean Natalie, how about you? Like, what have you what have you been? Because I know you're you're like big on the performance um, uh, aspect, and you know Pete, so are you. So I mean, have y'all? What have you just been like doing sessions from home? Like like what's been going on? Um. So I just got done teaching online and have been continuing to teach like you know some private lessons over the internet over zoom um haven't really returned to normalcy with that but um this past year has been really interesting in that uh i got a quartet together called six mile strings with six mile referencing six mile drive or in uh detroit which is also mcnichols and that's like kind of like central to the city. It go, cuts through the entire thing. And it's just like a dope area. <laughs> um, but the four of us uh, have really played a lot together this past year. And we've done some really cool recordings um, in a remote location uh, of our first violinist's house. Mm-hmm. And we've had the opportunity to do like a lot of uh backing strings for some dope artists in Detroit and elsewhere. So it's um, actually kind of, uh, it's interesting. It's blowing up a little bit. And um, there's some cool things that we're going to be doing this summer. And um, yeah, I had like, had some cool experiences over the pandemic, playing some stuff and 
just a lot of playing, but not now. So yeah. Yeah. oh yeah yeah so before because i don't think uh, yeah we we uh <laughs> we that's what we talked about before we we started this uh session but um natalie you uh what is it sprain like not broke but like it's it's not a, like you didn't break it, it's like you... a it's like a type one sprain okay. my doctor told me um <laughs> but it's uh no it's, it's very chill it's, I, I was rollerblading like an idiot without wrist guards and it's been 15 years since I've rollerbladed and like I tried to do like a little a little turnaround like swirly thing and then I just like fell yeah and this guy was laughing at me and was like, it was it was kind of like it's funny to think about now but yeah it's thankfully my wrist didn't break yeah I'm just very lucky for real yo I feel that I, I played basketball for the first time in over a year the other day and like I was just like just jogging and and like I I my whole body weight just went on my ankle like my for like a second like it felt like my ankle would look like the shape of a J for a second like it just like just like the right. total wrong OC direction. imagine if that ankle were your wrist and you couldn't play your tuba you know what I'm saying yeah yeah, or you're like right. Type, yeah, because you know? I, I sit down so like, like 22 hours go. a day anyway, so like I don't even need like I can donate my ankle. You don't like, even but, need your ankle. <laughs> yeah, but it, it was weird though. Like, but I got up and I got I got up and like everything was perfectly fine, and I was like, I'm concerned. Like that that I was like concerned that everything was like fine. But anyway, that's 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 another story. Um, Pete, man, what about you, man? What what's, what's what are you doing? Yo, man, no injuries over here, at least none to speak of. Yeah. Um, everything's <laughs> mostly chill. Uh, yeah, you know, same, same as Dan, we, we've, we're wrapping up like, I was just telling some people, like wrapping up like basically a straight year of like back-to-back projects, preparation, post-production, you know, work on, on these like, all these pro- big projects, especially here in the spring. Um, so right now, just like settling after all that madness, which is like really needed. And then on the gig front, um, you know, it's, it's opening back up slowly. There's some, some stuff happening slowly, but surely, which is really, really exciting. I think by midsummer, it's going to be just chaos, Yeah. which, which is a, like a good chaos that I'm, I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I don't know why this, this, uh, thought just popped in my head um I kind of noticed like uh and no no, the three of you are like not this kind of teacher but um like the times I've like taught with teachers who like they're in in in-person teaching their main technique is just like yelling till shit settles down um I realized like you can't really do that (laughs) you can't just like be like hey shut the fuck up like you just you can't you just like an in-person and and like just seeing them like very awkwardly be like damn, I have to use, like, skills to, like, settle all this down. But, like, it, it's been, I don't know, There's a, there's been some weird things that just, like, do not translate into Zoom that, like, you don't really, like, it's, I don't know, it's just hard. And they also, like, every teacher kind of just makes the same face when, like, a kid comes in or, like, it's just, like, really loud in the background. You realize, like, there's nothing you can really do. So you just, like, just kind of sit in there with this face, like, damn, like, because can you not? But anyway, I mean, w- w- with you guys, are there some aspects of like the Zoom 
stuff that like you have liked this year teaching and don't like besides like just like not having to leave um actually dan you you probably actually do kind of like like leaving your home but there's like aspects to that that like i i did like 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 not commuting and stuff like that but anyway like what 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 did you guys like about it i was hoping we could come up with a pattern here like if pete was number three natalie was two I was one and a half or something, and we go three, two, one and a half, one and a half, two, three, two, three, one. It's too musical. It's too, it's too much. I'm lost. Exactly. Oh, Natalie's got her hand raised short. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is a Zoom full of teachers. This is why this is happening. Sorry, go ahead, Natalie. Um, so I loved teaching online. Loved it. I thought it was really... Uh, it was a game changer for me as far as like bringing in dope people that like you couldn't afford to bring in before because right. you'd have to fly them out and whatever. That's the coolest thing. Um, of course, there were so many difficult things teaching orchestra over Zoom or teaching any music class. I was teaching recorder over Zoom to kids in Flint. Like that was hard. And today was my last class. And, but they, but they all like can play every single note on their quarter. So that is just a testament to mm -hmm. that. We can actually do it over zoom. And like, this is going to be huge for the future. Like why not have two or three days in school so kids can actually have a life when they're in high school. And then like two or three days on zoom, like, and do like a block schedule. I think that it would like make for a much better child and person to be way more well-rounded and just be more mentally stable than just like, Oh my God, I got to take six AP classes my senior year. And then like, you know, blah, 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 all this stuff. I loved it. I taught from every place that I was at. It was sick. Yeah. I, I like, I hate to say this, but like, I honestly wish that it could like stay for a while longer, but <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm <laughs> it was, it's been you. nice to make music in person with some kids. Yeah. That's been also really nice. So, yeah, yeah, no, it's, um, it's, it's, I don't know. I mean, you know, six to seven actually means six to seven. Like, it's not like seven minutes of like people just walking in and like tossing their book bag down like you can just go in and out of shit like really easily. Um, yeah, there were definitely pl plenty of advantages besides like the, of course, the obvious stuff like social development for kids and the impacts of that. But like, I don't, I can't like definitive, definitively say that it's negative per se, there, but I don't, I don't know. It's, 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 uh, it's weird. How about Pete, Dan? I mean, anything you guys just like notice that like you liked about it or just like it in general? Are we talking specifically Zoom or are we talking just like online teaching right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not like Zoom the company, just like you using Zoom like to teach online. Okay, because I got some qualms with the audio drivers, but we can leave that alone <laughs> for now. No, yeah, like like Natalie said, like it just opened up a lot of, of cool options that, you know, touched on things that we had talked about doing for many years, but didn't like have the necessity to bring those things into what we were doing and the disadvantages or like, I guess the advantages of the, the online setting are like we had to focus on some of those things. Um, like the recording aspect became a huge 
part of what we do. Whereas before we would just like compose music for weeks together sometimes with kids and then perform at one time. And then that's, that music was dead forever. Like RIP down the river and nobody ever heard it again, which was sad for me and maybe all of us, but um, so that's cool. And then maybe like the big, the other thing that really tends to stick out is the ability to play as an individual um, and be in an ensemble, but mm-hmm. like nobody like has to hear you unless you want them to hear you. So you're essentially in a practice room by yourself until the moment you're ready to take yourself off mute. And then you can share whatever it is that you're working on. So I think that's really been amazing for us because we, we can give people the option to progress at their own level, you know, like as slow, as fast as they need to go. And then we can continue to move on as an ensemble and they can, and, you know, depending on what we're doing, they can sort of like move at their own pace and then still contribute massively mm-hmm. on, uh, to what we're doing. So, yeah. Danny, it looks like you want to say something. Well, I was just going to say that anyone who's using the rhetoric that online teaching was a failure or that um, it's not good, like they're just not looking at, at reality or like the factors involved. So, I mean, like take if every student had a MacBook Pro with a ma- in our country actually had universal uh, internet and we had a, a tasty microphone for everybody and we went in and probably in person went through it all, how to use it, right? Instead of sending kids off to Walmart to buy Hewlett Packard or something that doesn't work. No offense, HP, I love you guys. And your printers, your printers are ridiculous, but you know, whatever. <laughs> so, you know, this is like, one, if you're set up the right way, then of course there's problems. And of course, like we need to be together. So that's the other thing. When you say like, oh, online learning is bad. Well, yeah, maybe when you're in seclusion in the West Wing for 12 months, that's a problem. But if it's a, if you're, that's not online learning. We're not saying seclude yourself and don't be around any other human for a year during a virus. That's not what we're planning for. We're planning for what Natalie's talking about. Right where she wants to be online and in person, so that means she can be in Sacramento for the gig, and then you know, I mean, with this NBA career she has going on, like she could be in every city <laughs> and still teach. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, I'm doing your research for you here, OC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's it's uh. Um, but so I just want to. Yeah, I just go ahead. Go ahead. Go so ahead. like, that's that has to be just thought about first. Like online learning didn't really exist, hasn't really existed yet because we just was like, oh my God, this thing is an emergency and we should have done something about it beforehand. But anyway, so that, so it's hard for me to even evaluate where we're going to be at because it's just going to, this thing is going to go to the moon and it's not like, oh, kids are not going to have this or not this. No, this is all about building a better future for our students. And we know they have to be together and playing in the sandbox all the time. And we want to be more efficient, you know? I mean, imagine like tutors, right? Mom, dad, grandpa, whatever. Like the tutors are online so the parents can actually see them at like 9.30 at night. It's like click on and this, the, you know, the, the grandpa's like, what the heck is going on with like the medulla oblongata? Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. So, I, it, but I, to, to respond to, though to what you just said, I feel like that you're like, you're looking at education, um, I guess from like the quality of it standpoint, I mean, I know something that's also real is like some parents just want their kids out the house, man. Like 
that that's a big part of why like people will fight for in-person learning. It's just like, I just can't like, I don't want to pay somebody to like have this person. So like, how, how do we deal with like the family aspect of all this? So you're, you're thinking about it in terms of like a, oh, the kids are going to be, at, we're, we're still talking about schooling. I mean, our mm -hmm. system is still built that people have to go to work and all that kind of stuff. We're talking about like all the, the, the beautiful stuff you can do in addition, all the support, uh, all the preparation to make being together more sacred. Like, it's not just a, oh, well, what are the parents going to do? No, no, no. This is about supporting the parents and the students, not about putting people out of work because they, they're, all their kids have to be at home. That philosophy is coming from, that argument is coming from the fact that during COVID, we did have to do that. Mm. But, like, when, we're, when we get back to normal, so to speak, we're going to be able to chill this out. And we're talking about, like, our parents are going to be loving us because they're going to be like, there's no, well, you get two hours of Saturday morning cartoons and then you do this one hour class with Pete, Natalie, and Dan. And we don't have to get out of our pajamas. Like, that's dope. Yeah. Yeah. And I also, just to touch on that, I also feel like I was way more in touch with parents this entire year than I was ever before. Because there are the parents that are just like, oh, like I'm going to, just like what you're saying, OCs, they drop them off at school, they get their stuff done, that they don't, they feel like they can be super hands off. But I had to connect with these parents and families and be like, yo, your kid hasn't shown up online literally for four weeks straight. So like, what's going on here? Find out that this girl had to get a full-time job because she couldn't, uh, she has to pay for college on her own. So, you know, things like that. So, and I, I mean, everything that Dan says is, is, is exactly what I think. And it's just from experiencing it in a public school setting. It's like, um, I really think that this could be a huge game changer for American schooling specifically because America has been, hate to say it, as far as education goes, like a little bit further down on the ladder compared to other countries. And like, it's like, let's look at the the uh, models that these European countries have that have like super successful, you know, things happening. And then let's try to model that and make it accessible for our students who might not have had that. And again, putting a Mac in front of every kid, like that can happen. We have the money for it. It's just like, where's the money going? So I think, yeah, I would be very stoked to see that the way, the way that education transforms because of everything that we've gone through digitally. Yeah. It's in the banana stand, Natalie. <laughs> <laughs> what did he always say? It was like never something in the banana stand. What what's the what did he say? It's I thought it was always there's always money in the banana there's always, stand. Yeah, yeah, there's always something. <laughs> I was like, it's either always or never, but greatest, that's probably always. Oh, it's up there. Um yeah, man, dude. Uh yeah, I mean we could probably I think everything you guys said in terms of education, if we sold like 0.75 of a nuclear missile we could probably fund some of this stuff um so but i don't know i don't know if, uh i don't know if you know what, what what's gonna you know get the government to be like okay let's uh make the education budget is it is it it's in the single digits right like is, I, I, wait i want to confirm is it a full digit education full of like the whole government budget is it a full digit Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. So I, I wanted to, I, like, I feel like it's single digits for sure. I can't really imagine us spending like more than 10% or 10% or more of like the, the budget on education. But I, I don't even know if it's one. Um, anyway, that, yeah. So 
Because I'm thinking of stuff like uh, uh, the days that they would be, if it was like some hybrid thing, like three days in, two days out, or whatever, vice versa, who knows. Um, like, you know, how you solve uh, the, the lunch situation for kids that don't. And I know there's experts that have, have thought about this, and um, it was a disaster, like, starting off. It was a disaster when trying to figure all that stuff out. But it seems like a lot of school systems um, figured out how to get meals to these kids, um, and, uh, and a lot of that too was relative to just like not being able to be around people, which would not be a problem in the future. But I guess still like if there's like a transportation need, like whether someone has to go somewhere or, you know, the school has to go to their homes to give them food. But yeah, I guess what I'm saying is like, it's, it's hard to think of, uh, the online schooling without like all the other aspects that surround it, but I don't think it's impossible. And I think it like the online schooling is in inevitable future. Um, I guess we just haven't had enough time to like, I mean, we were, we were just thrown into this. Had we just like gradually created a system for it, like other, like most things we probably would, you know, all these are probably very solvable. So anyway, I'll, 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 you know, conclude there. Man, I'd argue that most things develop from the exact situation that online learning came to become like common. It's, it's, uh. It's what we were talking about earlier. Like the, the fastest of developments happen when you're white knuckling. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, well, I mean, but it's, but it's tough though. <laughs> but, but it's but it's tough though because, like, in that same breath, it's convincing um, people that it's something that is like needed for an inevitable future and not just this like one freak accident of a year. So like at, like at the, at the same time, you're right. It breeds innovation like quicker, but it, but being that like, it's like, um, if you know, the average age of like the Senate is like 70 or something, but you know, that's not the average age of people voting or, or whatever. Um, so it's just hard to get the, the powers that be that like maybe it older crowd is in education and convincing them that, you know, maybe they don't understand school from an online standpoint. So how, you know, the people who do make this happen, what is it that they need to see if they don't, you know, they're coming from an era where like nothing like this has ever happened. What do they need to like see to be convinced of this? Sorry, OC, it's not those people who are making that happen. It's the people who are like doing the work that make that happen and show those people who mm -hmm. are in control of everything that like, oh, wow, there's this weird anomaly of this amazing group of people who are teaching kids online and these kids are ultra successful. And they're like, hey, like maybe we should start thinking about this. It's not like I, I think that it would be really cool if a lot of the teachers who, um, who did this job really, really well this year in, in public and private school settings and whatever else other setting, extracurricular activities, um, like just kept forging ahead and trying to keep this type of work within their in-person learning. Like whether it's like, hey, I have like, I have 25 kids in this class and I want to bring in somebody as a guest speaker and they're going to be online. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's not so far-fetched. Mm -hmm. And then that might move into something a little bit bigger. Like, hey, let, let's, let's see, like, let's look at this district that has an asynchronous learning day on Wednesdays where every single kid chills and stays at home and the teachers work from home and they work virtually like it just takes it takes um quality work to show the powers that that be 
like we can do this and this is something that should be normalized instead of like hey like what should we do to appease the people that know what's going on no it's not like that i think mm-hmm. you know but, yeah um yeah and i also came up with this other idea while you while you were just talking i think that like what if what if kids could have the hub where they go into school they go into the school building still and they have laptops like dope laptops that stay at school and then they have really dope teachers that teach them virtually and they learn everything from these virtual teachers because it will be number one way easier to hire quality teachers that want to actually do that online from wherever in the entire nation and i'm i'm looking specifically at uh um, underserved communities because the people don't want to go into those communities. I've taught in Detroit, like it's hard and it's not the funnest. It's, it's, the kids are amazing, but it's a really, really tough job. And like, it's really hard to persuade people to come in. They're literally giving people bonuses to like be hired into communities like that. So imagine if like, people could like do a really high quality job and have, have like a cohort of support staff at the hub school where the students are learning. And then it's like, oh, here's like the laptop that they have. And it's got all the tools they need. We don't have to worry about internet. We don't have to worry about like kids screaming in the background because they their siblings are five and six years old. It's like, yeah, like it's like an actual learning environment. And, and they can still have like interaction with their peers, like sitting five feet away from them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, that sounds a lot more like most workplaces actually right like you're kind of setting them up for that to happen already which and then like have you know and then have all the normal cool stuff like have prom have recess and like maybe that's only like a few (laughs) a few days a week or something that you do it that style but like yeah i don't know and like trying to prepare them for the format that college and universities follow instead of like okay like we've got nine hours a day let's you know let's all do this and this and i don't know yeah, I think that would be kind of cool to work with. Yeah, I I I agree. And Dan, you you know you know how I think um, in terms of like I can be cynical, especially about systems. And I like what I'm, I guess what I'm I'm thinking of is like what why what is in the way of executing any idea on a level like this. And for me, I always just pay attention to like who's concerned about like where the money is going or where it's not going, um, especially on like a federal level. Um, and it's it's weird, like, it, like, like it, there's so many things that like I, I don't know if, <laughs> like are there lobbyists for like the school bus industry that are like, hey, you better get those kids like in the fucking school because we're losing a lot of money. I like, I like, I, I just wonder how many things are in you that I totally agree with your idea. I just like when you, when you get to, to on a federal level and even just a state level where it's like, you know, I don't know if like the people that the vending machine industry or like all the snacks and shit that they sell, I don't know how much money they make on that, but it's like, would those people fight hard to put kids back in school? Um, and just like, what, what does a, outcome what does an outcome look like with with like real resistance because of financial reasons and uh, i mean i know you know no one really has an answer um uh for that but it's a shame because i think us as teachers um you know and i I mean i think you guys are on another level in terms you're you're seeing it from like you know just bigger than maybe a couple private students but like um 
I think like that, that's like the problem, at least in, in my head is like, we, we think of good ideas that's like for, for the students. Um, but like, we're not, I guess, because we're not on, you know, at those meetings that like are looking at the other dynamics and paying attention to the money, we never really know how like it's going to end up because of that. Um, I know that's not really like a question, but that, that's, that's kind of like what, what's on my head is just like, well, what, what is in the way of all this? And I just think of any, anything, why would someone want a kid in school for a financial reason? You know, that, that, that's where my head's at. So. It's interesting that you pose it as an either or, because I, I think my, I think for me, the philosophy is and. Like, I mean, I'm sorry for any, any student that would listen to this, but I'm talking about like five days a week in some sort of school situation. I like Natalie's idea, like a hybrid of Natalie's idea. Mm -hmm. So like one class you go to and someone's teaching it online from Sri Lanka or something like that. I can say that, Sri Lanka. And then the next place you go, next class you go to, you have a, a live person in that room, right? Mm -hmm. As opposed to like a, a half dead person trying to teach you in that room. Mm -hmm. um, I forgot what I was going to say after that, but I, um, OC, it's not an, it's not an and, it's an and, it's not an or, right? This is all, this is more. We need to educate our kids more. We need to give them more resources. We need to basically have like a 20, I think it's going to turn into a 24 hour education hotline situation where kids are choosing their own paths a lot of the time and doing all kinds of wild stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean that they're not going to go to school as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, and, 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 you know, again, I, I agree with you. I can already see uh, half of the country, um, you know, just some, like, stupid-ass hashtag going, like, oh, he wants uh, them to sit in a classroom and, like, every other class, uh, Sri Lanka. And, of course, they would use your exact words. Maybe you meant, like, a neighboring town. They'd be, like, he wants it Sri Lanka, and, like, now you're trying to, like, take away jobs from American teachers. You know that hashtag would exist. I'm not saying it's right. But like it would exist on a political level and where it's like, okay, how do you respond to like how that other side would try to make this so difficult? Because that is a fantastic idea. We didn't bring our union rep with us, guys. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't, you know, I, I, I'm just, I guess I'm just kind of playing like, 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 uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to really think about, um, uh, uh, it's like, uh, I don't know. It's like, it's like lifting weights and just knowing there's gonna be some resistance, like we, you know, like right now we're talking about just like the act of it, but it's like, okay, what happens when someone throws like 300 pounds on that shit? And it's like, what, you know, but Natalie, you look like you, you wanna say something? Yeah, no, of course there's gonna be some sort of resistance, but like through the course of this entire pandemic, there have been multiple districts that have gone back to school in the midst of the pandemic, making it unsafe for their students and their faculty. And that has just blown up like a shit show. It's a shit show. Mm. And that's number one, that's doing the opposite of what education should be doing for a child and for the community. It's putting people in danger yeah. because there's a virus. Look at Georgia. Georgia was like, oh no, yeah, we're gonna like, we're gonna have like our teachers work in person and everything's normal. August 2, 2020, look what happened to that. People met like, that's not cool. And then you have the schools that stuck it out through the end of this year, even while people were getting vaccinated, even when the CDC says, hey, like let's not, let's allow people to go out in public with masks. And, you know, of course people were still like, yeah, this isn't, this isn't cool, but it's, you know, it's up to, um, 
I think it's up to education to be examples of what a standing and upstanding community should be like. And it's unfortunate to have seen what has happened in the educational world through this pandemic and the poor decisions that have been made. But like you can see the really dope decisions that have been made by multiple districts um, in this country. Like so many cool things happening in, in really creative, with really creative teachers and districts like putting putting events together online and um and I think that this entire pandemic has like made everybody super super creative. Um and I don't know, I think there's always gonna be backlash in something, but this is like remember that this is the backlash at the beginning of last year. It's like, oh my gosh, like we have to close. And like people were pushing and pushing, pushing to go back to school like back in April of last year. Like, oh yeah, like a few weeks went by, it's cool, like the virus is gone. No, that's yeah. not how it works. And I think this has been really humbling for a lot of, I hate to say it, ignorant people mm -hmm. that just think that, you know, they're like thinking about themselves and their own, you know, again, like you're, you're touching on like the monetary thing, because mm -hmm. I do believe that there are a lot of district charter schools that do think about those things, financial situation for them. Um, but yeah, I, I still believe that this is going to be a huge part of our future. And it's going to be very cool, especially for music. Um, it's been really enjoyable to figure out how to take care of music education during this time. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I am, I again, I hundred percent agree with. I think what everyone ha has said. I think uh, it's it's unfortunate just knowing that, like, for our programs, not just music programs. Like, if you are in um, a city or state with like a red it's a red state. It might just be like a little bit harder to implement some of this stuff uh, than a, a blue state in terms of not because one is, you know, better or, you know, inherently better or worse than the other. It's just that um, certain states really want everything to go back to uh, exactly the way it was. And some are a lot more receptive with the, more of this like hybrid um, uh, idea and it's weird because at the top it's literally just like for the sake of not agreeing with the other side like you just can't agree with the other side and it anyway I mean off of that though it's, it's it'll be interesting how it'll it'll play out but it's um I think a lot of it will depend on on the uh, politics of your state and and city but either way it's inevitable um, things are going to become you know, just just more and more uh, online at the very least hybrid. Um, and I don't know, I mean, Dan, you're you're I think you're very qualified, you know, due to your experience to maybe and it doesn't even have to be like just music in general, but maybe just giving some insight on education from like a non teacher perspective and that like what do the what are what are whether it's like uh, um, philanthropists or just people in like, you know, administrative government jobs what is it, what's the, what's the, besides the money, like what do you, can you talk on like what their thought process is when making decisions like this? Yeah, I mean, well, for instance, like this scenario that we're talking about right now mm -hmm. that I think Natalie started, started riffing on about the um, students being, coming to the site, but then maybe being taught by other people. Like, I, I think that the issue becomes that like, it's such a big system that changing one little thing has these ripples. And so that's why I think people most of the time say, okay, let's do it like this. 
like the unions got the teachers from this time to this time and it's very it's neatly laid out and and you know that's that's a system um so I, I think that's probably at the root of it is like, I mean, one, how to provide the kids with the best education. I don't think there's anyone out there that's like, I'm trying to screw these kids over with, with bad education. You know, it's, it's bureaucracy and unclear direction that causes those things and um, training, the training of teachers and such and all that kind of stuff. Um, but and I think that was another thing that that's another thing that everyone's thinking about is, OK, we hired these teachers to teach like this. And I have mad respect for people that made it through this year that are not into the whole online thing because they did it. I mean, that's a whole year of like, I don't know what my equivalent would be, but it would be like a whole year without water, not to drink, but like to be on. Mm. Yeah. What about like a whole year of you like playing the clarinet instead of the two? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, man. It's basically the same thing. You got it. <laughs> Never had one lesson. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I don't um, know. I, sorry. So, so la labor training and, um, and how, how to manage that. Yeah. Because you have a principal in the building that's there. They show up an hour and a half earlier. They go home two hours later, hopefully. And then the school runs. And um, it's going to be – we're going to have to think really creatively about how to do that. And then, of course um, – equipment mm. right but it's but since we live in a capitalist society i think what's going to happen is that everyone's going to be like hey we just need to buy this stuff and someone's going to pay for it someone wants to make the money apple wants to make the money someone wants to make the money and we're going to get this stuff in the kids hands yeah um the other thing i would see would be um numbers and data i think that's another thing so it's got it's a unclear about where to get these data points from how do you look at people's the quality of their internet and that experience in their education like we're gonna have to run a lot of tests on you know and get some focus groups down and i don't even know all that scientific terms but like we've got to figure out what the actual benefits are and then people will start it doesn't matter what they think how, how they feel about it like educators do react to numbers and that will really in the end i think change the game parents are not going to allow for students to to in a district that to, if, if these point if these percentages go up 20 points on whatever these the districts are going to start saying we have to have this yeah 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 man i, I yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to to see how it plays out um yeah things are very very uh political i, I mean i'll just i'll give an example in terms of california um, you know, and I'm not saying this I, like, like, you know, people listening, you guys think for yourself, but, um, before the, so Gavin Newsom's the governor of California and before there were any talks of recall, uh, I'm pretty sure he like wanted schools to be, um, like just online just for the rest of the year, like maybe even like the, the actual calendar year, um, but definitely the rest of the school year. And, um, then, you know, talks of recall started coming, um, you know, coming out and uh, like now he, you know, he was recently pretty seriously like there's a good chance that he was going to be, uh, you know, knocked out of his seat. And uh, he just like very, very, very quickly changed his tune to making everything in person, like as quickly as possible, just responding to that political pressure. And um, again, that's just this is one state. It's a massive state, um, it, but it is just one state. And, um, it, you know, seeing the virus politicized this entire uh, year, 
Um, it's it's just uh, there there. My point is like there should be things that are off limits, like the the future of your nation, your youth, in terms of like using whatever to to play a game or trying to prove some point. Some things should be off limits. There are people that just like want to win no matter what. That does exist, and my hope is that um, you know that that's such an interesting perspective in terms of you saying like Apple or like like uh, these things that would actually prefer it from, and they, they would be motivated by, by money in terms of like, okay, we can sell more computers if it becomes like a, a necessity on an education level. So I'm imagining like, whether it's like lobbying or policy or whatever, if like these guys, um, I guess if this is like the good side, depending on your opinion, um, if like Apple and these big companies that also have a lot of power at that on those tables, if they can make this happen, um, you know, because they have incentive, they have, you know, financial incentive to do so. So it, I think it would just be, from my perspective, it would just be interesting to see how, like, like who's on, on what side on that level and, and just how that, would, how that would play out. But I mean, Apple and other companies have a shit ton to gain by making, by like, you know, wanting to make this happen. Uh, so it'll be cool. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see how, um, it plays out. Uh, I would say besides that, um, I and I don't know if you guys have any data on it. Um, I know obviously everybody's different. So some kids have uh, maybe there are kids that were getting bullied and they were like, man, this pandemic like possibly saved me. And then there were kids that um, like they, you know, we all know those kids that like they they are, they feed off of other people's energy Um you know, in very intense ways and that just not being there, it, it can be really, really, really uh, messed up for a kid. And they don't know how to like, they, they don't have like the, the, the thinking skills yet to like understand really what's going on. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll keep it there. But from, from what you guys is like, just personally, we don't even have to talk about all the data, but just personally, like ha I'm, I'm guessing you guys have seen a healthy mix of kids that have like been like, man, this is awesome. Like I'm an introvert. You know, I, I like this. And then just seeing like, how, how have you guys seen your extrovert, uh, extroverted kids uh, handle this? And, and I know there's some terrible situations, but I guess just like average, like, but what have you guys seen? You know, for me, it's like the same results as, as ever. The extroverts are going to be massively involved and, and you have to figure out how to let them drive the bus mm -hmm. in some ways. And then while allowing enough space for the introverts, I feel like the online platform gives those introverts a lot of uh, safety, um, especially in like the largely improvisational stuff that we were, we were doing this year. I heard a lot, a lot of positive stuff back from people just saying that like th they've never improvised before. They're, they've always been super uncomfortable with it. They, they never wanted to do it in front of people you know, like ever. And through our project, they were able to, to contribute some of their um, improvised ideas to be, to a, to a project. And that was something that was like really cool for them. But yeah, on the extrovert side, man, like they just come in guns blazing. You got to hit the mute button um, yeah. as often as possible. And then, <laughs> no, but for real, like put, putting them in a, in a leadership role and letting them do their thing. And like, I don't think, you know, trying to like put the reins on 
um, an extrovert in a, in a musical situation, especially in this insane online situation that we were in over the last year, like stifling somebody was just not the play ever. Basically, it was like, cool, awesome. Yes. Send me a hundred recordings. Yeah. You know, and then they're off doing their thing and you can work on the safety for the introverts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that, yeah, that, that's, that's, I think it's really cool that, I mean, you basically just saying like, you know, people are going to be who they are, um, uh, regardless. I feel like it's basically what you're saying. And, um, uh, yeah, that, that's interesting, man. And Natalie or, or Dan, what have you guys seen? The introverts had the way of communicating through chat. And I, I know a lot of my, my introverted students were like, who, you know, not to uh, put them in a box or anything, but like, I feel like spend a lot of time on their computers anyway, like we're chill with saying like, Hey everyone, blah, blah, blah. I'm just like typing and being, being uh, communicative over the chat. You can't do that in real life. And like, it was, it's a way for them to be able to control like what comes out of their thoughts. And that was interesting to see, actually. It was really interesting. Like you could have a kid who like really doesn't want to unmute themselves. themselves um, and then they'll be really, really vocal in the chat. And that was a cool way to make things happen. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Dan, how about you? I'm I'm worried about our kids. Um, I I think physical movement for most people is a very social thing, and I think I've I've learned that over the the pandemic more than ever. I mean, looking at some of these stats on, um, it just looks like there's been a lot of inactivity in our in our youth, um, all over the place actually. And some of the reports are saying twenty or thirty pounds on average people have gained in our country. Right. So and that's OK, because that with good nutrition and stuff, you can lose what you need to and whatever. Um, but but inactivity is not a good situation. And that I'm now wondering, like, did our introverts do more activity than our extroverts during this? And now I'm like really thinking about that because we obviously we tried to do a lot of uh, physical activity stuff. And, you know, Natalie does some amazing stuff with movement and mindfulness. Um, which can get our heart rates up, but not so much, right? Not like, like going on a 15-minute run or a 30-minute walk or something. Um, that's the thing I'm most nervous about. Mm. With all of this stuff is that we, have, we now have a, a well, I, I don't know about a global. We have a United States health epidemic on our problem and on our hands now. Um, and that makes me nervous whether you're an introvert or an extrovert. Yeah. Um, um, but did you, Pete and Allie, did you find... That our that our introverts or our extroverted kids were accessed our movement and mindfulness and stuff differently. Maybe the maybe the extroverted kid, uh, if were the ones to volunteer to lead something, if there were a situation like that, of course. But that's just what Pete was saying. Like they're always, you know, the ones to to jump jump for any opportunity. Um, I think that all the introverted kids were involved and most of them had their cameras off too. It was huge. Like that was, that's cool. And especially with the mindfulness, um, you know, I've 
I had done that in a few different situations and projects, but that was, uh, I think that reached, I'm hoping that reached everybody. It seemed like it did in, in a musical way too, like transitioning into the music. Yeah, it makes me think that we should bring more meditation and whatever non-politicized terms you use for that into the, the live classroom more. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, um, I, oh, see, I, I do have one for intro, intro and extrovert, yeah, and that sure. is that in both cases, I saw more self-regulation from, or regulation from someone at home, which was so cool. Like, you know, I, I feel like in my day, like there was a mom and dad and grandpa and grandma up in that classroom all the time. Like, and it could be back of the head smack, you know, if like you're not respecting the teacher. And I saw a lot of that from, from both introverts and extroverts. And like our, in, our introverts, you would hear like someone at home, brother, sister, someone said like, you've got a good idea, like speak up, like, like you need to say something. And like, they don't have that family advocate or someone in their house advocate when they're in the school with us. And so I think both were like, and then of course our extroverts, it was more like, you need to shut up a little bit or something like that. And like, let someone else talk, Yeah, which I should do, sorry. <laughs> no, nah, man, you're, those, are, those are all um, really great points. And um, in terms of like in, involving things that we know um, or we believe, strongly believe that that should be included in the curriculum meditation, um, physical activity, which I mean, which is, but you know, over the years, that's also even funding for that has gone down. But things like meditation, um, I was just talking to someone about like, like, uh, how things represented representation in film. Um, I always underestimate the impact of, of how things are represented in film and like what we actually think. Like, the fucking, like, there's a lot of people that, like, have wanted to work for the CIA because of, like, Tom Cruise movies. And that's, like, a real-ass job. And on the same breath, it's like, um, it, like, 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 when, I, when you think of meditation, unfortunately, the way that that character has always been, like, it's always on some Cheech and Chong shit. It's always on some, like, like, this per like, the person who meditates is, like, this, like, kind of weird hippie. And it's like, that, that has fucked up the way we view meditation so much that it, there, there, it's, it's weird, man. So much like, uh, you know, so much stuff that is just like now they are realizing is scientifically um, like been proven in, in many tests, like to be helpful. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, to be helpful. It's, it's like, it's meditation has been proven you know, time after time after time, especially in the past decade to be helpful. But it still has that like uh, spiritual that like I'm uncomfortable because this is too like woo for me, too spiritual for me thing. And um, it's, 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 and I think because we're, we're musicians, I think we just are, we have a natural set of characteristics that are, um, that lead to being creative, that lead to being more open-minded um, anyway, I, I think I'm just kind of like ranting. It kind of, it pisses me off. There's many things that like would help students if it didn't have this like stink on it. And, and, it, and it's not even accurate. So I don't know. This is just my two cents. I was going to say something, but I can't remember. Um, dang. <laughs> Nutrition too, OC. Yeah, yeah. I would um, teach that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, there's a there's a there's a fitness issue in general. There's a health and nutrition 
uh, in, in this country in that, um, I mean, this, I guess is like, again, it's like a, it's a larger issue of like, why do we like sabotage ourselves in many ways? Um, but again, that's a whole other topic in terms of nutrition, um, weight loss, fat loss has all has in, at least in this country has always come from a place of, uh, external image. Um, and, um, you know, our kids definitely pick that up too. Um, the, you know, and then of course, which there are some positive aspects in that, like, in the, especially in the last decade, a uh, little over a decade, there have, we've become more accepting of like, of body types, sizes, shapes, and all that. We've redefined what healthy is. There are like, you know, healthy looks different, um, to, to, to some degree. But then there's also just like something no one wants to say, which is like, well, there is a limit. There is literally a limit to everything. It just fucking is. I, I don't, you know, I, I like, I want everyone to be happy. I want everyone to like feel comfortable in their skin. But at the same time, it's like, how do we get kids to, and, and it's not just nutrition, it's everything, but like have like a, a, like a, no one should have to tell me to want to like, care for myself like this is a priority of mine but then going back to what we were talking about before about the school system and um you know if it's just all about dollars when you look at what like the shit that they're feeding our kids again that's a whole other conversation but it's like i don't think it's cynical dan i agree with you you were like i don't think anyone's up there saying i want these guys to have a bad education i do think there are people out there that are like willing to say we need to make this as cheap as possible and if the results are similar as someone saying like i want i, I do want to give these kids a bad education it's it's tough it, it's tough to be like well you know is it is it great to make everything as cheap as possible you know again anyone if anyone has a, a rebuttal to that or just an opinion go ahead but yeah I don't have a rebuttal to that. I mean, I think, yeah, <laughs> that's the reason that our kids are eating a lot of really bad food. I think it's changing. I think that uh, we're becoming more aware of this and we can sit here and, and say that it's bad and it is bad, but it's better than it's been in the last 10, uh, 20 years and certainly the last 10 years. Um, as far as, yeah, like the obesity epidemic like i think last year it kind of was like a little bit of a hot topic right because the the correlation between covid uh deaths and uh you know uh ob like obesity was like pretty closely correlated so that's a hard thing to talk about especially because we do want to be like the idea is to be accepting like we're saying of all body types everybody starts from a different place but at the end of the day, health is health. And, and the goal is to help everybody be as healthy as they can, give them a chance to be healthy um, as they come up through, our, through the public education system, right? Like yeah. give people a, a chance to go out in the life and in their adult life and have a chance to know, what, know enough about nutrition that they can then take control over their um, their situation. You know, the same is true for Osu. You were on the financial literacy um, project with us, weren't you? 
No, I talked, Dan, I, I, I talked about that a bunch with you, but I don't, I wasn't on the actual project itself. Well, swing and a miss. No, but <laughs> it's, it's the same thing with financial literacy. Like, I, I think it's insane that uh, it's not a bigger part of our uh, primary education. Like, you're going to send somebody who's 18 years old to a, a state school and give them all these loans that they're just like, well, everybody else is taking these loans, so I'm going to take these loans. And, like, they don't – and we – like, I don't know. I certainly felt like I had no idea – like what I was sort of getting myself into. So I think there's a lot of stuff that, yeah, I mean, like prep, preparation for the real world needs to be like, do we, we need to look at that and be like, are, is what we're doing actually preparing people to at 18 years old, like join the adult world in the United States? I would argue that there's a lot of areas that need to be looked at. Yeah. Um, wow. I'm thinking about this. Okay. The, the education system started whatever, a uh, hundred and something years ago in our country. Um, and life expectancy was way less. And so like, maybe we didn't actually have to educate ourselves as well as we do now. Cause it was kind of like, we, I'm taking off. We, I'm glad and boom, I'm dead. And then now it's like, there's, there's a p potential of like really healthy living for like a really long period of time. And so yeah, we have to change that because it's not such a fast ride and a short ride in a fast machine anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it's uh, uh, Pete. It's funny because something you said made me like realize. I, like people be like, "Yeah, you know, uh, that's the problem. We should like bring back uh, 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 home ec." And I, then I'll like be like, "Yeah, that's a great idea." And then like I'll remember like what well, at least from you know my district like we were making like fucking monkey bread and like gingerbread houses. I was like, we didn't actually learn like we didn't make like chicken breast and like you know brown rice and sh like like so so there was there was you know it 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 I don't I I, I don't know, man. Because again, you know, um, I think Natalie, Pete, you guys have probably had you know, definitely have had less conversations um, like this with me. I, I tend to, I'm aware of this. Like I tend to be like on the, the, the cynical side of things when like just looking at a system, cause it, it's hard to, it's hard to think that they're up there not just like being like, okay, well, how do we maximize? How do we minimize? And, and the real messed up part is that similar to Congress or, you know, just anyone in a political office, um, you know, when we have those government shutdowns, like that's not, that's not their paychecks. It's so it's like a lot of these people up there, like their kids are not dealing with those problems. And there's like a massive disconnect in terms of the consequences of those actions. And, um, but on a positive note, which is absolutely necessary, um, it, you're, it, it has been better it's been a lot better. I think something that we do have is a lot of access to information, which is like, like you can easily look up, like, what should I be eating? You can literally Google that and you'll get pretty good answers. Um, and, uh, yeah, with, with, with kids, um, last, last, last thing I'll say is, um, you know, that the marketing stuff really did work in that, like the commercials where it's like, I don't know, this kid's super happy because he has this like bag of Funyuns and there's like a kid that's like crying because he doesn't have the Funyuns. And it's like, why did, why the fuck did we do this to our kids? 
Like, why? I, you know, so I'll leave it at that. Um, you know, but I think hybrid though, like in terms of the hybrid learning, something families and kids can do if, if adults can work at home and kids can also learn from home, these families can put together like workout plans together. They can like, they can change their lives together. Um, and that is the beauty of that. And I would also say like, like something about school, like if you realize you're too, like, a, uh, you, you feel you're a kid that's like too thin or too heavy. A lot of times uh, eating disorders are developed because like you're trying to like lose or gain weight super fast. So like if you don't have that pressure of like looking a certain way by a certain time, you can incorporate like really healthy eating habits if you're at home and you're not thinking about like your body image from like a peer standpoint all the time. Um, but I don't know, there's, there's a ton of positives that could come from this like hybrid thing that we're, that we're talking about, I, I believe. So, um, yeah, yeah. And all hooked up to Fitbit and then yeah. also, uh, a much less expensive 30 minute personal trainer for the entire family. I guess it's not personal, but whatever larger family is, um, it's just way cheaper to do that too. Someone's checking in with you, looking at your stats so they can look at your body type and say, okay, this is cool. Like your heart rate's too much. You're not running enough, like all that stuff. But you don't have to go into the, to the gym to do this for that shame or for the, the cash because it's so expensive. Yeah, there's, I mean, it, the, these possibilities are endless. It's cool. Yeah. Um, I'm looking to get like some sort of UPC code or something <laughs> so people can just be monitoring all this stuff on me all the time. I want to look like Ivan Drago in Rocky IV. Just like everyone's <laughs> checking my stats all the time. Like something's wrong with the glucose. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, if I, we had like a, um, like back in the day, the, what, like the arcade, you could go in and like see who's like currently has the high score. Like we just like somehow like knew like people in like the next, like, I don't know, like every like five miles or something, like the top steps that have been taken, like out of like everyone in, I don't know, they're just something where it, it wouldn't create like some type of negative pressure, but something like that would be cool. If like, you know, just like a friendly challenge in a fitness way. Strava, man, it's happening. Yeah. You can mark out what people are doing and how fast they've done it and most well-traveled routes and yeah, people are competing against each other. Yeah. Um, I guess. Not me. Yeah, yeah. I guess like uh, um, I, I'll I'll say just because I mean you know we've we've talked about the kids uh, for a while um, and uh, yeah definitely did affect um, adults too. Um, I, I for people listening, I have a um, a uh, two counselors coming on to talk like specifically about what they they saw while while uh, speaking to kids. Um, things both surprising in positive and negative ways. Um, I have two special need teachers here in LA coming, uh, talking about the challenges of working with special needs students uh, online, just like a lot of that. Um, you definitely need to be in person, but there were some positive aspects too. Um, but, you know, from the teachers though, I'll, I'll, I'll start, you know, you guys can, you know, say however much you want, at least for me. Um, I've said this before on like previous uh, episodes, um, in terms of like how the pandemic started off for me, because it wasn't just the, the pandemic. I also had a, a injury as well. Um, so it was like, a, like a, I wasn't, I couldn't practice or um, uh, like work out for, 
um, probably seven or eight months in the pandemic because like my back and neck was just like super fucked and um, like, but not only that though, like I, I think like at the beginning of the pandemic, it was really easy to just like make um, uh, excuses, uh, even as an adult, just be like, you know, um, life sucks. So like, I can like, kind of like, you know, smoke a little bit more, I can eat this or whatever. Um, so I just say that because like, it's not, it's not just like the students that had a hard time. Like the adults had a very, very, very hard time. Um, uh, and yeah, it, uh, there's a, um, a marriage, uh, uh, counselor as well coming on the episode. Cause I was curious, just like, what's it like to maybe be home with your spouse all day long? And like, maybe there were aspects of that separation that were nice. Maybe there's aspects of this that's cool. But, um, you know, the, yeah, the, 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 it's hard to put into words. Um, Cause I think for me personally, life would have sucked pandemic or not, like not being able to practice or, or, or work out for months, um, like regardless of what was happening. But with you guys, are there, I mean, feel free, you know, as comfortable as you are, um, you know, can you speak to like any just personal challenges you had during the, the pandemic? Um, maybe what, just what you learned about yourself, but you know, anyone can, can take the floor. Yeah, man. Uh, what a year. Oh my God. Challenges, huh? Who said challenges? No. Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, dude, like the entire, um, like my entire life as I knew it was like completely changed like everybody else's. Uh, so that just takes a lot of adjusting. I mean, I think the mentality that's always served me the best is, um, and actually, you know, Dan and I have sort of like turned it into like a little like strategy that we use a lot, but it's like focus on the negative long enough that you can really see what's going on there. You know, like really get into it that like deep and then, use that to inform the next stage, which should be like the other 90% of your time, which is like, what are you going to do? How are you going to react to it? And how are you going to, yeah, just break it down and attack it from different angles and and do all that. So I I think I sort of turned the situation into something that was really cool. Got to do a lot of awesome projects. um, And confronted like you know a lot of things that maybe hadn't been that had been lingering in the past that you know I'm not sure I would have addressed had I had not had the time and so just like yeah spending more time exercising spending more time thinking about my own health and my own um both mental and physical health and then also just like the grander like direction of it all right it's like what what are you trying to accomplish? Who are you trying to accomplish it with? You know, all all that stuff. So I think in that way, I think a lot of people have had that too, right? It's like, we, we were all moving so fast, or at least the people that I've talked to. And so that freak out of like, Oh, we're not moving at all anymore was really hard at first, but, um, also helpful to be like, okay, well, maybe I should, be a little bit more strategic with my movements. That that movement analogy doesn't need to continue, but you guys know <laughs> what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, Dan or, or Natalie, how about you guys? I don't want to go yet, but I want to say that was an awesome response, Pete. I, I dug that. <laughs> um, I just to continue what Pete was saying about like moving so quickly. Um, I think that I was moving way, 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 way too fast and like didn't even realize it. And then took, you know, everything just kind of went away and it felt really, really good. It felt great. And then sort of like meandered for a little bit. And then I was like, you know what? I have to make a choice sort of like what you said, OC, like you were injured and you had to make the choice. Like, am I going to just like dig my hole deeper? Or am I going to try to get myself out of it? And um, I chose the latter and got into mindfulness and tr got trained for it, which is really cool. Got um, like did a lot of different things this year that I probably would never have ever done in my entire life if the pandemic didn't come around. Mm -hmm. If I like just was forced to, um, to kind of like sit and not do so much always. Cause I'm the type of person that will double book myself and triple book myself. And, and like, it's like exciting to me to like have a lot of things going on, like every single date on my calendar has that little dot on it and like um yeah it's just been and even the past four days like has been really nice not having to do anything because I can't yeah. <laughs> but it's maybe that's where the problem is it's like I need to switch that mentality and not have it be a situation where I'm forced to do that so um that's taught me a lot and as far as music goes and well, teaching is a whole other thing. Teaching has been, my teaching has been like eye opening this past year and like the experiences that I've had to go through. And I've learned a lot as far as like what I need to do better as a teacher. Um, as far as, uh, I guess like personal, a personal level goes with my students. It's not, you know, I, I thought that I was pretty good at this is like getting to know my students, but like, it's not just about the music. Sometimes you need to just like chill and put that aside, you know? Um, but it's been, it's been an interesting journey. I just got my chakras balanced the other day too. So nice. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Um, Dan, I, I actually did this question. Um, it's, it's a two part for you just because of all the stuff that you, I guess, lead as well. Of course, the original question is just like how you dealt with it, but some of the personal responsibility that you maybe put on yourself for the programs that you have, um, a large, um, you know, hand in, in terms of just like, you know, if you're, you're as a, as a massive leader in, in your Baltimore community and the Baltimore community, um, being someone that some, that people have always gone to for the answers. And this is a situation where guys with the answers might not have the answers this time around. So it's a two part question for you, but I, I just, I just wonder really like what, how you've had to process all this. Cause you want me to start with the challenges? Yeah, I guess your your own personal challenges, but also just like not being possibly not being able to come through for your community as you have, you know, years prior. 
Well, let's cover that one second. Can you can you come back to that one? Sure. Um, all right. These have been my biggest issues: um, architecture and like being in in space has been amazing to me. And thinking about that, um, what I need to do with my life in terms of space, um, I don't think I can be in a box in the winter time. Um, yeah, it's just really. I need. I think I might need to move to the Caribbean or something like that, where I can be outside all the time. Yeah. Um, because I can't be in a box uh, as much as I was before. I didn't realize how much I wasn't in that, and like in one space, always moving around and stuff like that, and that. So it didn't work for me. So anyway, I don't know. I I need to go to architecture school and figure out what that looks like for me. But like, I think a lot of people have that problem, right? Like, especially this is funny. Like, all these people spend this money on like open floor designs. They ripped out the old Victorian house design where that's like every little tiny room and stuff like that. And now everyone's trying to put that back in right now. So I think we're all, we've all been dealing with this architecture or whatever they call that thing, space. Yeah. Um, another big one for me was, uh, the, was media. Like I didn't realize how obsessed I was with the news and all that kind of stuff. And then I just, I cut it. I mean, barely, barely touched on hardly any of this stuff and like that has put me in a very odd spot because like I used to be a human that resonated off of other humans and now I'm not quite sure where where that resonance is because I'm not I don't know I don't know how to put this like I'm, I'm just maybe not as interested in like larger human activity anymore I'm more interested in what the water's doing and what the woods are doing so like I don't I don't know I don't know what that's going to lead to for me but um, it's definitely something I still need to to think about some more and then like with social media as well like that's like people resonating against each other right and like that's really important like human connection is so important but like all these people who are in, label themselves as influencers or this or all this stuff like what is it really I don't I don't. I don't understand it. You know, I'm, I'm interested in the product and like the process of the product and those kind of things. So anyway, that, that's, maybe that's a self-realization and realization that's actually a progression. Right now it feels a little bit like, what do I do? Because I'm so used to just like, like it's like chickens in that chicken house, whatever, whatever they talk like. And just like that being the thing. But that doesn't really create much a lot of the time, you know? Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, those are those are. I mean, those are like big things. Like Pete and Natalie are both talking about. Like, I don't think they end with COVID being over. Mm-hmm. And like this, here's another thing. This is cool. Like, is the second you put something down, it just goes to crap again, right? So I was thinking, like, you know, like, yeah, okay, COVID. I'm really into this and this and this, and that's good. And then like, you just take a few days off from any activity that you think you're a badass at, and like, you're already not a badass at it anymore. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter how you have to keep working at it every day. It's crazy. So that in itself is a big-ass challenge because, like, if you did self-evaluation during COVID, like, you added a whole bunch of stuff to your bag of stuff that you got to work on, right? So, like, that, I'm kind of in that state of, like, kind of a little bit freaking about it because I'm, like, I evaluated myself and have a lot to work on. Um, and that's, that's challenging because yeah. that's, like, every little thing that you add in to try to do better, it's, like, Jesus, this that take five hours a day well maybe to start with it does but then by the time you get really good at it maybe it takes i don't know 30 minutes four minutes it's four minute apps <laughs> pete's been working on this with me i can't get my eight pack like that but 
He's, I was going to say it goes from five hours to four hours. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm good at this now. I can shave a whole hour off. <laughs> yeah. And then Dan. Um, what, what, oh, see, I got one more for you. Here's yeah, another yeah, sure. thing. Okay, like, like hidden things. Like I had this idea that like where you are is important. Um, and the challenge I have is now that that's not true because like your beach is anywhere you make it, your ski hill, your music studio, your whatever you're doing. It's I mean it it helps when you're in a place in a beautiful place, and or in whatever that place is for you, your garden spot. But like you can't just go there and do that. You have to be able to do that everywhere you are. Yeah, you know that's I mean I think that's that's something that I've I've really learned. Um, and then also your demons will follow you to those other places, or they'll fit. They'll come back in a little bit. I had a situation where I went to, back to Baltimore for a few weeks and like immediately started having a bunch of cocktails again. And like I was in my peaceful northern Michigan place where like no one was bothering me, none of that was happening. Now I'm, I was back in Baltimore and like those habits like will follow you, you know, if you don't really truly work on them all the time. Yeah. And then I guess, uh, um, um, Again, you know, being this, uh, you know, person that um, I, I was just telling you this, man, the other day on the phone, like I, I felt like, you know, your ability to problem solve is, is something that I personally feel like I have taken advantage of in that, like, um, you know, it's like if I'm a part of something, I'm like, OK, like it's not going well, but like shit, Dan's here. So it'll it'll end well somehow. Like I have taken advantage of that and um, like because you're 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 that guy um you get people off their asses that that's just that's you that's you and uh but in this situation during this pandemic obviously this is bigger than any one person's effort uh you know and you'll do everything that you can but like can you uh you know i guess talk to like are, are there moments where you just had to like watch shit happen and you're just like okay let's just see how this unfolds I'll try to make this brief. I think that was my old world where I went somewhere and, you know, Pete and I worked for 10 days so intently on something with a group um, that I kind of, um, maybe I, I kind of lost sight of the fact of where, what I really want, which is to be with my students in Baltimore and then take that and go do other things. Um, so I think what, well, I just want to say this, that what happened was that for years, my my students and the families I work with have been very patient with me. Um, and I think, I forgot your question, Osi, but what I'm trying to say is that like, what this whole thing has actually taught me is um, that I don't have any of the answers at all. I just wanna be in my community and work with my community. And that doesn't mean I'm not gonna do other stuff, but like, um, I just had to, I, I went the opposite and asked my community for answers and then found that People were just being very patient with me and been waiting for me to actually like really truly engage again. So that's that's what I've been doing, listening yeah. to my community. Yeah, awesome, man. Because you know what's funny? Like you you build that like and like then that can happen a little bit. Like maybe I stretched it too far. Sorry about that. Like you know it's like all four weeks goes to ten weeks goes to twenty weeks of not being at home, and then you're like wow. But um, what's funny is that like. I don't have relationships with people in other places that Pete and I have only worked with for 10 days. It's mm. like, it's like that Facebook relationship. Maybe there's one person that we go back a few times, but like the relationship I had with Natalie or you or Pete 
or the kids and the people in Baltimore, like, because it's so often, like, that's so real, you know? And um, that's the biggest thing that COVID taught me and that I need to be listening to my the people that I'm around or want to be around more. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, that, that's, that, that's just spot on. Uh, you, being in, in the Baltimore community, you've seen people grow up in ways, not, not just kids, adults, seeing people like change their lives, uh, whether for the better or for the worse and all of that stuff, like it, it, there's just so much context. Like how, how could that not be your hub? You know, how could that not be like where your, your heart lies? So, um, it makes a lot of sense. And I'll just say for all three of us or all four of us, because, um, you know, we, we work with kids in, um, underserved uh, areas. I think it's weird. I don't. I don't think it's positive, but a a positive thing about this pandemic has been like we work with kids that like um, challenges, like fundamentally, just like struggle and challenges. Like this is unfortunately not new to them, and they had a level of toughness for things before this pandemic started that I'm sure really helped out in terms of like un, again, unfortunately, that it's like okay. Um, another not so great thing, uh, a part of my life. Um, it's weird to think that of that as a positive thing, but um, per, I think in the the couple of things I've done with kids in um, other communities where it's like, well, I mean, I don't think like I don't think anything has ever been in some kids' way before this past year, and the dip was just it was greater for those kids um, in terms of just realizing like, wow, like life is hard. It can be hard. And I, I think a lot of our students did not realize last year that life can be hard. So I, I just want to, uh, you know, say that that's, again, weird thing to say positive, but that is something that I, I you know, saw that was um, a silver lining. Um, I know we're on the, the, the tail end of this, but um, I guess, uh, uh, you know, lastly, um, what uh, what are you guys looking forward to? Um, not just you know as as teachers, just uh, personally, and it can be as you know small as just being like, man, I can't wait to see the the White Sox play, and you know just like chill or, or you know. But um, for me, I was telling in the last episode that like if there's one thing I could do, I would like I would bring back MJ. Michael Jackson from the dead, I'd have like Michael Jackson, Tchaikovsky, Drake, Mahler, and Fleetwood Mac at a concert, like on a helipad, but like I'm in a helicopter above them while they're performing for some reason. So like just create like the most grand post-pandemic thing that you would do that you're looking for that like, you know, you might go just go balls to the wall. You might just be like, I'm just looking forward to like reading in a library. But, you know, go ahead, guys. Just, what, what are you really looking forward to? Oh, so you forgot Prince, man. Oh, shit. Oh, damn. All right. What? Damn. I'm just messing. <laughs> this is a lot about you, though. No. <laughs> um, I'm not going to go first. I just have to say that. Damn. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good. <laughs> Pete, what you looking forward to, man? Just drumming somewhere, like a low ceiling, like club or something. Like, what, what, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, no fire exit in that club. <laughs> yeah, you got to go out the same door as everybody comes in. Uh, for real, though, yeah. Like, 
uh, performing music live for other humans with, first of all, with other humans and for other humans. Sign me up. I'm down for that. That sounds equally as awesome as the concert that you're putting together. Um, (laughs) And then, yeah, like, you know, I'm working on some music of my own that I'm going to try to put out. Actually, I've, I've been working on some music throughout this whole pandemic that I'm hoping to put out soon. So that's exciting. And then like getting back and doing, using the stuff that we did during this whole year and like bringing that back into the classroom with, with my kids here on the South side, the kids in Baltimore, the kids all over the place. Like I'm excited to get back in person and like, just do some really, you know, do some awesome stuff with those kids. So, yeah. I'm, I'm pumped about seeing what's going to happen next and, and what kind of skill sets we're going to all need. Um, I mean, you know, there, there are a lot of days where I wake up and think, okay, what is my place in the United States? Um, you know, on the one year anniversary of George, George Floyd's murder. Yeah. Right. As a white man thinking like, what's my place here? And, um, with what's going on with COVID, I think that that's helped me with that, that that I've realized that like the world needs tons of problem solvers and like, whether that's behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, wherever it needs to be, like, I feel that there's a place for me. So that's the thing I'm most excited about is finding solutions and maybe doing a lot of thought about, I don't know, this is like worst case scenario planning, but like, let's plan the next COVID thing and go through every aspect of it. Like, I hate to say this, but like, no, I don't hate to say this. Like, I think our military does a great job of that actually, of like worst case scenario. And I think we should bring some of that stuff into our thinking. Um, and that's the kind of planning I love to do. Cause then if, if we do that, then every one of our kids will have computers and we'll have internet at, we'll have 5G internet at the corner of every Baltimore uh, street instead of those effing police cameras, you know, things like that. Mm. So that's, that's what I'm looking forward to is like longer term thinking. And I think because things got so messed up, I think a lot of people are going to want to do that type of thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And connecting with friends yeah. that I haven't seen in two years. Yeah. <sighs> Thanks for reminding uh, us. It's the uh, anniversary of George Floyd's death. Um, yeah. It's, it's been a interesting day on social media as always. And, um, yeah, man. I would say you're pretty high up on my white man list, Dan. Up there with like Abe Lincoln and Mr. Bean and those guys, you know. You're you're up there, man. You've done some good shit. You've done some good shit. Okay. So how about you, Natalie? Mr. Bean. Oh yeah, that, that's just a, that's my personal list. Yeah. Um I have a few things, but one of them is I'm, I'm looking forward to, I, I feel like I've been lucky in that I've had the opportunity to play with some people that were really safe during the pandemic, uh, as far as the quartet goes. And that's been, that was like amazing to do last year when it was new again, like it was like, you know, it was like six months of not playing with people. And it was like really, uh, that was really enlightening. Um, but I want to take like uh, my professional musician friends and some students that rock out and like make a big orchestra and we're going to play with Anderson Pack and Bruno Mars and we're going to like organize 
uh, we're going to like have like a recording session with them and like do the arrangements and then like perform at a huge arena. Like that's, you know, that's what I, uh, that's what I think I want to do in the future. Um, and this is like not too far, but teaching mindfulness to teachers so that they can do it in their own classroom. Cause that's super important to me. And um, I'm actually doing, it's very exciting. I'm doing like a week long intensive that I put together. It's a training um, in a couple of weeks in the middle of June. So it's going to be very dope. And it's, um, it's I'm calling it trauma informed mindfulness in the classroom. Okay. T-I-N. Nice. Nice. Is there, is that, that, and that's online? It's, it's for this district I worked for and it's going to be online. It's through Zoom and um, it's like, it's, it's dope. I'm excited. I don't know if it's like open to the public, but I would be interested in like creating a school for that. It'd be, that would be really cool for me. And just for my own practice, I, I want to get more into that and, and travel um, and study meditation and mindfulness and other strategies and calming the mind and connecting it to the body. Uh, Cause as somebody who is, I'm a little bit of a, a tweak on that front. I feel like that I've learned a lot. Um, just thinking about it, practicing and, in, you know, trying to take that more seriously in my own life. So uh, apart from, you know, having like a big arena gig, that's really what I want. It's just, just like normalize the things that have come from the pandemic that were really good for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if it, if it does end up uh, being public or um, you end up doing just like your, your own thing, um, uh, let me know. Cause I would, I would want to, um, uh, I have like a, a good chunk of uh, follow, uh, teachers that are like following this. And if it's just like open to people online, I, I will post the shit out of that. Like, uh, you know, Dope. as we get closer to the date and promote it. So like, just, just let me, if it's a public thing, like I, I would, I want people to, to do this. So um well now that i know that oc we gotta team up and you know make it happen i'm gonna call like what should the name of the institute be like the tim institute the tim institute um yeah who do, you yo. know i don't know like <laughs> the school of radical healing but yeah. you can't just gloss over the tim institute <laughs> what it is that's gotta be it yeah yeah, I, I mean that is that is definitely like that's just like top three consideration at least. But um, <laughs> the Tim's to yeah, the Tim's to yeah, uh, and, and that 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 goes for for anything, guys. Um, I you know not that like I'm like the biggest podcast in the world, but I have like with the artists that I've had on so far, um, I've just been like posting their um their music. Um, and, uh, you know, multiple times as well, just trying to get people that follow across all platforms to, to see it. And that also just goes for any events to happening. Um, like I'm, this is what it's all about. So if there's anything like going on that, you know, if I can get like, even it's just one more person to be a part of that, happy to do that. And, um, yeah, yeah. But I guess to, uh, conclude, um, thank you guys, because this has been, um, really, really insightful for me. I knew that, I knew that this was the right crew of people to challenge my negativity. I was like, who's going to have, who's going to have like, like, this is like some Voldemort Dumbledore shit. And like, I just knew y'all were going to come with like that equal amount of like magic. So thank you for this. Um, 
Uh, and um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm good, but you know, uh, to people listening, uh, Dan, you look like you have, you, you want to say something before it's, it's done? I, I just think it's amazing that, that you feel that way. I feel like that means we're putting up, we're, we're communicating that positivity to the world because I feel like when I'm talking to, to two of the most special people in my life, like a lot of times it feels pretty tough because it, we're all so discerning. Yeah. You know, and like really trying our hardest to like make education work, music, make all these people come together and like all this stuff. And like to hear from you that like you're using us to combat your negativity, that sounds awesome. It means that like maybe we're like actually pragmatic and not negative. Yeah, no, because I, I mean, again, Dan, you've been dealing with this for a long ass time. I'll be like, Dan, like the world is ending. Everyone's a piece of shit. And you're like, hey, back up. Maybe not. And I'm like, all right, there it is. So you've always been that for me. And Pete, too, a lot of the conversations we've had where I've been like, yo, like, I'll, <laughs> it'll be like, a, you know, like, a, like one of those Sunday to Friday weeks of like creative connections. I'll be like a Wednesday. I'll be like, Pete, man, none of these songs are even close to done. I don't know what the fuck we've been doing these past three days. What are we doing? And like, I'm usually in like the passenger seat because like, you know, at the time I was like that one person without the car. And Pete's just like, all right, you know, OC, like we're, we're going we're gonna to figure it out. So I've just had a ton, and, and, and Natalie too, like you've also, you've always been like, though I haven't had those conversations with you, I've never seen you like, you've just always been like, okay, well like, well just what needs to be done and just like do it. I, you, I, I've never like seen you a part of like, the like, oh, this is a disaster crowd. And I've been like the, the prime minister of that crowd many times. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, the, to, to, to conclude, like seriously, you, you guys like, yeah, I could, I could seriously, I, I knew I could count on you guys to just give that perspective on like the good things that have happened this year, the things that we're looking forward to. So seriously, thank you for that. Um, for people listening, um, we are done. This is a song called Life. We're over and out. Thank you. Good night or morning. I don't know where you are. Bye.